0: good to see everybody today. Hey, this is awesome. All the people that signed this, oh, y'all, y'all are just so awesome. Seriously, you're so awesome. Uh, praise God. I just reflected the last couple of days about Father's and um, how our country's hurting for fathers, and how the children are hurting for fathers. And a lot of men grow up not knowing how to father because they weren't fathered. And uh, I don't want to get into all of that, but I remember preaching 30 years ago out of Malachi, unless the father's hearts are returned to the children, the children's returned to the father. Let's not come to the earth and smite it with a curse. We brought a curse upon ourselves. Praise God for the women of God. And praise God for the men of God who are starting to stand up for righteousness and stand up for everything that's important for our lives. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the only hope that we have as a country. And to have Him pour out His Spirit upon us, we just need to do what the Bible says, and we need to repent. We need to come to God. Repent means change your thinking, because that'll lead you to everything else, and believe the gospel. This song we were singing a while ago, the cost that heaven gave to send Jesus bankrupted heaven. I love those words. It's so meaningful. Yes. Yes. G- Jesus could have failed. That that's possible. He could have. He didn't, but he could have. And so we need to understand that because he he was walking in flesh. He was still God, but he was in flesh. And most of you all know how this flesh wants to act sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's not too uh, spiritual. And Jesus never one time, in one way, any way, in his flesh or in his heart, sinned. So the full punishment of sin could be placed upon him. I praise God. I had a great daddy. Um, he, uh, he was a good teacher, taught me a lot of things, taught me about women, taught me a lot of things. He couldn't fix a lawnmower. I had to do that myself when I was 14. But uh, he sure taught me a lot of great things, and it's a privilege. And some of you have had great fathers, and some of you have had fathers that need to be great. And I just love them, forgive them, and uh, get that thing out of you, and let God show you what he needs to show you. I said, how do you either, Bernard? So, praise God. Well, Praise the Lord Jesus. We do want to recognize the fathers this morning. Uh, we have a little gift for you. So if you are a father, would you please raise your hand? the stand up, okay? Just guys, would you, if you're a father, would you stand up, please? And these ladies are going to be passing you out a little gift this morning. I already have one. Thank you. I cheated. Thank you. They're all going to get real spiritual because it's chock full of Bible verses. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have your seat, please. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I enjoy this age that I'm at. I really do. You know, I thought one day, you're well, in your seventies, you just going to be an old toot and you know sit out somewhere and watch the grass grow. And you know, I just decided not to do that. Praise God. God is so awesomely good. And uh, you know, to be, um, I had a brother, so uh, the Boons for a long time were just boys in the whole lineage. My brother and I were uh, two siblings, and then each of us had two boys. And after that, the last 30 years, it's been almost straight girls. And so kind of getting the balance back in shape, you know. But I do have some grandsons, so forgot about that. I've got a great grandson coming in November. Amen. His big sister who's going to be three by then, almost, she'll be a month from being three. She's excited too. So we're going to have a great, great time with that. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I've got some dad jokes this morning. Um, I'm going to put quite a few on you. You have to kind of put on your, your deep thinking on a few of these. Um, Of all the remarkable inventions in the last 100 years, the dry erase board has to be the most remarkable. (laughs) If you're up at night while the cows are asleep in the fields, that means it's pasture bedtime. (laughs) Where do you take someone who's been injured in a -a peekaboo accident? To the ICU. (laughs) Sorry, first time people, I'm just. (laughs) There's a disease that makes you uncontrollably tell airport jokes. No cure, it's terminal. (laughs) My dentist pulled out the wrong tooth, he said it was accidental. You're going to have to think about this for a second probably. A Central European trampolining team has recently gone bankrupt. They were bouncing checks. (laughs) C-Z-E-C, okay. (laughs) I love this one. Have you heard of the new sport called quiet tennis? Have you heard of the new sport called quiet tennis? It's like normal tennis but without the racket. I want to really, I went to a really emotional wedding last week. Even the cake was in tears. <laughs> tears. <laughs> Did you hear about the guy that evaporated? He'll be missed. M I S T. And this is the last one, I promise you. No more today. <laughs> this is off the wall, great. My wife screamed, you haven't listened to a single word I've said, have you? What a weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are Father. Father. And as always, we want to give you recognition for every good and perfect gift. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you've fathered in our lives, and thank you for the things you showed us how to father. And we thank you, Lord, that you gave the biggest price in all eternity, sending your Son for us, that whosoever should believe upon him shall not perish but have life everlasting in the glory of God, may this time take place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, what is the synergy of the ages? That is the title of today's message. Um, I preached this message several years ago with a little different uh, focal point. It was basically taken people into a time of prayer. And that's extremely important, as we all know, and we're going to touch upon that today. But I also want to touch upon a different, uh, a different part of this. It's, uh, I believe, so, so important that we understand what God has laid before us and what God has planned after us. And part of that is going to be um, shared today I had a one-part message, but it ran into two, so we'll finish next week. I, I could have got it all in today, but some of you are going to be honored with the Father's Day sandwich for lunch, so I didn't want to hold that back from you. Uh, the synergy of the ages. I saw this from Scripture and was enthused about sharing it some years ago. Then I heard Dutch Sheets praying that message before I spoke it. I was trying to figure out how could he copy my message before I ever he preached it, but somehow he did, or it must be something about the Lord involved in that. Um, in the Lord, meantime, the Lord returned me to recently expressing with a different emphasis, and that's the reason we have two parts. So today we'll do the earlier part, and the next week we're going to do a part I haven't done before at all. It's amazing to me to watch the Holy Spirit lead like that and to give two different people in two different parts of the country a very similar message uh, about the same time. And I'm very honored to know that uh, God would speak to me as he does Dutch sheets. Those of you who know who he is, he's a tremendous man of God with a real prayer anointing. Uh, Today is a time of freshness and a little different, def, uh, little di- different uh, focal point on the synergy of the ages. Now, I looked up synergy in the dictionary, and it's defined in Webster's 7th Collegiate. I don't know what they're on now. I think about the 15th. I don't use the modern dictionaries. The words have been changed too much. And um, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but synergy was combined... was. Um, Defined as combined action or operation, well, synergy produces synergism, right? Which means cooperative action of discrete agencies that the total effect is greater of the sum of the parts taken independently. So, in other words, it's one plus one plus one plus one plus one could be seven or eight or ten or fifty. Uh, or it puts something together that couldn't even be put together before. Just about everything we get in our lives goes through a lot of hands before it gets to us. You know, this, the, the processing of, you know, just to think of something simple. I, I know uh, one person, I, I, I know he uses a, a number two pencil, <laughs> a number two pencil as an illustration well, you know, you've got to get the graphite from this part of the world. And you've got to get the wood from this part of the world. You've got to get the little band that goes on it from, from this manufacturer. And you've got to be able to manufacture it, you know, put the wood out in the six, six-sideds and uh, you've got to drill it and put the graph in it and put it all together and then, you know, ship it and then put it. <laughs> somebody's got to sell it. I mean, number two pencil. You know, you can use that illustration on a smartphone and you kind of get your head wrapped around it, but number two pencil, it takes a lot of people putting it together. And you know, seriously, nobody that has anything to do with making a number two pencil knows everything there is about it. They don't know how to get the graph out of it. They don't know where to find it. They don't know how to use a machine lathe and all those kinds of things. So uh, we need to realize that things put together in our society is what we basically build our lives with. Did you ever think to ask the question, how, why does the enemy fight our history? Have you ever asked the question of the, as a country, asked the question, why does the enemy fight our history as a church? Now, I know there's a lot of things, a lot of adjustments, if you would, going on with history. Well, let's have the truth. Let's see the good things that were done And let's see the things that weren't good done so that we don't repeat them later on. One person that's taught me a lot in life, um, Peter J. Daniels, he says, the only thing we don't learn from history is that we don't learn from history. And so that makes a lot of sense if you really think about it because we repeat the same things over and over and over again, including Marxism. All these different things are coming on. There have been failures here and failures there. And we, we're we so smart, we think we can make it right this time. You know, man, since the garden, has been trying to be God. I'll say that one again. Since the garden, man has tried to be God. I want to do it my way. Sounds like a two-year-old. I want to do it my way. Well, that fruit sure does look good to eat, so I'm going to Grab it. I don't care what God said. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> and most of us have done sins a lot worse than that. Nobody wants to say amen on that one. Come on now. You can say, oh, me. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know you have. It's okay. <laughs> You're in a safe place right now. But we need to understand the way, what has America reached the level that it has in spite of all the things going on in these days, but how does it become the most generous, prosperous nation ever built? Uh, The the nation that sends out missionaries, the nation that takes care of people in times of emergencies, the nation that does this and that. Folks, we need a move of God. You know that. And we need to be able to go on beyond that. We've been handed a, a good thing let's make it better. There's been a lot of bad things in the process, but guess what? We can leave those behind. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 11, and 40 close out the 11th chapter of Hebrews. It's the hall of faith, so to speak. It talks about great men, great women of faith through the years and how they've done this and they've done that and uh, because of their actions and their beliefs and different things things have happened. So we pick up in Hebrews 11, 39, these were all commended for their faith. In other words, here's the hall of faith list, you know, and they're all commended for their great faith. Yet none of them, this is an important sentence or phrase, yet none of them received what had been promised. Yet none of them had received what had been promised. They received part of it but they didn't receive all of it. None of them did. Messiah hadn't come yet. Verse 40, God had planned something better for us. God had planned something better for us. This is written 2,000 years ago. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Hmm. God didn't give them everything they were believing for, and everything was promised to them, okay? And some of, them had, some of those promises have been already fulfilled, but they were fulfilled after they left this earth. But he made this so it would be better for us so that their faith could be made perfect. He wanted to complete in them for them, I should say, in us, what he promised them. There's generations before us. The Old Testament is full of it. The Gospels are full of it, of people who came before us to set us up so where we could be where we are today in understanding God's Word and the things of God and establishing the kingdom. And so what is God saying here He puts us together. God's not just racially diverse. God's just not age from generation diverse. He is generation age, from age to age, to age, to age, from age to age. Generational. He's a generational God. His plan is bigger than our lifespan. We had a great start, a foundation, a springboard to be able to jump into what we've had. Go back a thousand years. Who had a Bible? A few in a monastery had a scroll. How many Bibles do you have at home? How many of you had more than one Bible? Okay, thank you. I've got like 30-something translations on my computer. (laughs) And I don't know how many Bible Bibles I've got. I bought another one two weeks ago. New translation and... It's got uh, some commentary in it I wanted to double check because I've given all my grandkids a copy of it. I uh, do trust the senior editor of the comments, Sean McDowell, Josh McDowell's son. So I knew it'd be good. And it is good. It's really stinking good. I like it. Got a copy of the uh, uh, N.T. Wright translation recently from somebody just the New Testament. Great. I love it. I love to to get a little twist here and there of a word that I thought I understood, but, oh, there's a little more to taste there. <laughs> and so it brings it to life for me, and I go, I've read that 50 times. Now I understand it better. And you know what? Next week, I'll probably understand it better. <laughs> Praise God. He doesn't stop at some level and put a put a Lid on the top of us and say, okay, well, I showed you what it was. Yeah. No, God says, there's more for you. Yes. And there's more for us as a generation of people. Now, rep- several generations are represented in this room today. And, and Brother Phil's not here, but you know, he's topping us all off at 100. Uh, he, he, he's a pretty good young man. In fact, he's not. Here he is right now. There he comes, the Father. Brother Phil! 100 years young. Praise God. So glad you're here today. Amen. Somebody make sure he gets the little gift that we are giving out. Praise God. Thank you, ladies. Amen. So in, we're all the way, I don't know who the youngest one is today, but um, anyway, we've got them pretty low age wise. That's great. It's good that generations come together in some place other than the football game. Right. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. One more time. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. None of them received what had been promised. None of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together, only together with us would they be made perfect. Folks, that is a life-changing couple of verses. It shows you how much God loves all of us, but how much He loves His family. Because my parents were good parents. I lived in a house that never had a divorce, never had... Oh, they got ticked at each other every once in a while. Uh, My wife's the same way. Her her family she grew up in. (coughs) A lot of people don't have that opportunity today. And that's okay. God's mercy is new every morning. I said, his mercy is new every morning. And we all need his mercy. But I was blessed to have that. I, I kind of had a second father because my brother's 11 years older than me. So, you know, uh, that's kind of, you know, he kind of picked in, t- took off where my dad left, I guess you might say. Uh, but I was great. Now, I've had great men who've been mentors in my life and with an attitude of fathering, an attitude of what the Bible says, an attitude of those things. And I've dug out a lot of things myself. Uh, I've got another church that calls me the father of the church. And that's uh, an honor. It's an honor. Uh, it's kind of like, more like a grandfather, because I just have fun there. I don't have to mess with the junk. <laughs> do y'all tell Pastor Jerry that when he gets here now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to have him here before the end of the year, praise God. Okay, where am I? Let's take a look at a couple of people mentioned earlier in the same chapter. We're going to go talk about Abraham for a minute, one of my favorite people in the Bible. Uh, we hear the promise of, uh, to, of God to Abraham in Genesis 15 5. It says, and this it says, it's talking about God. It says, He, he God, took him outside, he said, Look up at the heavens, count the stars. You ever try to count the stars? I did when I was a kid. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Two, whoops, I missed one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I missed another one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I hadn't seen that one before. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ew, mosquito. Start all over again. One, two. I, I can't get very far. he said, count the stars. If you indeed can count them, then he said, so shall your offspring be. Here is a guy with no kids. Okay? He's 75 years of age. That's a pretty good age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's 75 years old, has no kids. And God says, You're going to have more kids than the stars in the sky, more than the the sand on the seashore. (sighs) Okay, God, whatever you say, you're God. Remember, we must come to God knowing that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then we read a little later. I'm not going to tell the whole story of Abraham today. I enjoy it. I'd be here all day if I did, because i like to pull in a lot of things with it. To Genesis 22. Seven chapters later, and the spirit of Moriah comes on. Forty-one years later, if the source that I used is correct, and it's going to be about 41 years. Forty-one years between Genesis 15 and Genesis 22. That's going to put Isaac about 16 years old, okay? Teenage boy and a dad who's about 116. Wow. Wow. Brother Phil, you got a long ways to go, yet the 116 is at next level. Praise God. <laughs> Genesis twenty-two sixteen. 16, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not have withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. This is when the angel stayed Abraham's life when he presented this 16-year-old boy to make a sacrifice out of him. Now, we don't talk about this enough. I do. I try to. Here you've got a 116-year-old man getting ready to slay his son because God's told him to do that. You've got a 16-year-old pimple-faced boy. Sorry, Jaden, I wasn't talking about you. Your, your face is nice and smooth. So anyway... 16-year-old boy there getting ready to have this knife, he was laying there. Whether he was bound or not, not sure, probably was, but he, he probably had to help the, the binding process. I'm here to tell you, how many people know that a 16-year-old boy can probably whoop a 116-year-old man? Okay. So we need to give Isaac a lot of the credit for what happened there. Okay? He helped his father obey. His obedience went to the generations before him. And you see, between those two men, Abraham and Isaac, there was more than just one generation. There was, yes, it was one generation in their family, but that's equivalent of about four to five in a normal family, maybe even six in that day and time, because they got married young. They're a little more mature than we are. The generational synergy. This could not have happened with anybody but Abraham and Isaac. Ishmael, it wouldn't have worked. He wasn't the son of promise. He he wasn't the one that he had with his wife. Generational. Do you know how important Abraham is? He's the father of our faith, the Bible says. That covenant that Abraham made with God has been given to us, and we'll read that in just a minute. So we have a perfect example of generations coming together in the story of Abraham and Isaac, and we need to realize praise God for Isaac. And you know, that was it. <laughs> oh, there were some, uh, there were some others later, but there wasn't any descendants as numerous as the stars. There weren't any descendants as numerous as the sea sand it's still yet to come. And you know what? It's still coming. Praise God. He continues 17b, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Not only did Abraham obey him, but God used Abraham because he knew that he would raise his children correctly. Genesis 26, 4, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, this is four chapters later, and will give them all these lands and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. And because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my degrees and my instructions. What would it be like in this country today if everybody obeyed God? including you (laughs) and me, of course. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole or tree. Verse 14, he redeemed us God the Father redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. We were Gentiles. Come through, to us through Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. God used Jesus as a mediator, or actually an advocate, first of all, then as a mediator to us, people, that through Jesus, the promise of Abraham, Abraham wasn't given the law. Moses did later, and we'll read about that in a minute too. Abraham was given faith. He was justified by faith, Romans 4 tells us. He was justified by faith because, before, I should say, circumcision. He was justified by faith, not an act. He was justified by believing God, not something of the flesh. How are we supposed to get saved? By grace through faith. All grace, all faith. It's all God's grace, and it's just putting all our trust in Jesus the best we can. That's what's imperative that we're saved by. We don't have to do that and keep the Ten Commandments. In fact, Jesus made it worse anyway. (laughs) He said, if you've done it in your heart, you did it, my (laughs) way. So the truth of the matter is that we need to realize the importance of Abraham and the importance of Isaac and what God wants to do generationally through the ages Depending on who you read, this is maybe as much as 4,000 years ago. 3,500 for sure. Over 3,500. Connecting the promises. See, God hasn't changed, and He's always faithful. So He's connecting the promises by how? Connecting the generations. That's it. All the promises are "Yea, and amen. <laughs> you may have life and have it abundantly. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You can do all things through Christ. Choose life. Yes. I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly over and over and over through the words. All those are our promises from God. Not to be selfish but to bring glory and praise to our Father in heaven and to be a light and salt to the earth around us, the people around us. Later on, we read in Exodus 33, and I'm not going to go there, but we read that Isaac dug up the well of Abraham. (laughs) Pretty cool. Reconnecting the generations. Then we read a story about a couple of guys Elijah and Elisha. You know, man of God, man of God. The first man of God mentored the second man of God. The first man of God imparted into him his spirit or his anointing or his mantle. And Elisha took it up and did what? Twice as many miracles as his dad, Elijah. Wasn't a biological dad. And men and women, you can have sons and daughters that aren't your biological sons and daughters. In the faith, you can do that. I've got a couple young men that call me dad and I call them son, and they're not biological. And uh, several of them are pretty close. It's a good thing. God intends that. God wants that. We're an extended family, and that doesn't get second-class privileges or responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a young man or a young woman, child, a boy in your life that needs some parental help. There's a lot of single-parent moms that would love to have some. moving right along. Yes. Elisha took over from Elijah. When Elijah went to heaven, he says, where is the God, the Lord of Elijah? What's <laughs> a guy, why is there an emphasis on the father-son relationship? I love that verse. He takes the mantle, kind of like a cape, throws it down, on the water. Where is the God, the Lord of Elijah? Do you know? Do you know where he is? He's in us. It wasn't just for Elisha. It's for us today. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this? (laughs) Somebody got a hypodermic? We'll we'll, uh, inject you. (laughs) Don't take that the wrong way, please. He is in us today. He's chosen us. We're a holy priesthood. Peculiar, not weird, people. We're peculiar to the world because they don't understand us. Ah, But he lives in us. He's chosen to live in us. It had to happen this way through these men and women of God. And we're going to go to Malachi 4. I've already quoted it, but anyway. Malachi 4.4, very last of the last of the last of the Old Testament. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with a total destruction. Now, John the Baptist had the spirit of Elijah, and we we read in Revelation where we're going to get that same spirit again. But right now all we have to do is ask. That's all we have to do. Ask, believe, and act on it. God is so full of things in his basket of blessings, he's trying to pour out over us. And we're sitting there going, well, how do you do that? And how do you do this? And I don't know if I'm supposed to, if I'm called to do that. And 10 years later, I don't know if I'm called to do that. 10 years later, I'm, the Bible says for the older women to teach you younger women. We have some tremendously gifted older ladies in this room today. Praise God. Thank you for teaching the young ones. They need it. Horeb. H-O-R-E-B. The mountain of God. Sinai. It's the place where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. It's the place where the Hebrews made the golden calf. Little... (laughs) The Ten Commandments and the Anti Commandments. It's the place where revival broke out years later, Exodus 33 again. So God has certain things for people, and even though the enemy comes in after God has cleansed it and done certain things, the enemy will come in and try to steal everything that's been done. (laughs) And sometimes he does. Well, I guess we go home after that one. <coughs> no, afterwards God comes back on the scene and he restores everything and builds it, makes it better, energizes the people of God and those dead bones shall raise up and bones shall come upon bone and the sinew shall come on it and that flesh shall come over that and he'll breathe into the body of Christ and upstands an exceeding and great army, praise God. That's a generational thing. Go ahead and give the Lord a clap. Amen. That's a generational blessing, praise God. And, you know, if you don't believe in generational gods, after all we've said, just read the (laughs) bagats. Why did he put them in the Bible? must have been a purpose. Okay. I want to go to John 16, 7. We're doing a little jumping around today. I hope your uh, fingers are up to it. If not, just put your eyes on the screen. John 16, 7. Jesus is talking. But very truly, I tell you, it is good that I'm going away. And we did a lot of this with the Holy Spirit series that we're still working on. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. People right now don't believe in Jesus Christ, and they're having fun being their own God, sinning all over the place. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. Well, you can see me no longer. You know, well, I don't see him in the, face, in the flesh. I don't see the, the nail holes and the scars. and Much more blessed are those who believe and don't see about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And you can be condemned with him if you want. God will give you that opportunity. He loves you and wants you to live with him, but he will not force you to live with him forever. How many of you remember these words in John fourteen twelve? Verily, truly, I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. We could stop right there and be pretty stinking awesome. The works that I do, shall you do, King Jimmy. And they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I totally believe in the greater works because I believe everything that Jesus said. But I'll tell you what, I am not actually believing for those greater works today. I just want to get to the place where we can do the same things He did. For His glory, not for our glory. Big honking difference. You read about revivals, the big ones, the great ones. I guess I'm going to throw a prayer in after all about this message. My favorite revival outside of the Bible, 1905, 1906, Wales, the Welsh Revival. God used a young man, Evan Roberts, who sought God, and sought God, and sought God, <laughs> and continued to seek God. And the story goes that eventually God took him up to heaven every night for months between, I don't know, it was around 3 a.m. for several hours. Every night. You know what he could do? He, he went to the coal mines to preach to the coal miners had lunch with them in the coal mine. It's quite a trip down there, and you don't come out for lunch. You stay there and sit on the coal, (laughs) have lunch. And he did that with them, preaching the gospel to them. And then an opportunity popped up here, an opportunity popped up there, and there was a bunch of young ladies that wanted to sing and do the worship for his meetings. I just And great things happened. The judge had nobody when that revival was going on, nobody come before him because the whole community cleaned up. Not everybody got saved. A bunch of them did. But the whole community cleaned up. See, when, the, when Christians start acting more like Jesus, then the world is convicted and they start walking morally better. If there's no conviction, there's no incentive to walk like we should be walking. When a nation or a country or culture believes in objective moral truth, they will go up. And when they don't, they believe that truth, a moral objective, excuse me, that morality is subjective. I get to establish mine, you get to establish yours. Things go down. It's very easy to see that in history, very easy to think about that and see how that would happen. But anyway, Evan Roberts led this great revival all around the Wells area. Most people have never heard of Evan Roberts, and they've read, unless they've read about history and revival history, or they've heard somebody speak of it. Evan Roberts, who's that? Evan Roberts, yeah. He was like 26, I think. And this revival, when it's over, he's about 28. You know what he did for the rest of his life? The rest of his life, he went out and collected money for people, says, give me your money, we'll have another... No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't buy a $70 million airplane to fly to Paris. And You you get my jest. He prayed. He lived with a couple and prayed the rest of his life as an offering unto the lord he sought god for other people he was poured out as a drink offering before the lord for other people to know jesus can you imagine that he didn't get to drive a fast car he didn't even have a fast horse He didn't say, hey, we're going to go have lattes today. I'm not knocking that stuff, folks. But you understand the heart of this man for the heart of God. And and that is something that can only be done because the Spirit of the Lord and that person, that man or woman, have fallen in love. And I mean fallen in love. And it's a generational thing because out of that revival, those two years in Wales, and I, I read this by a man who's a revival historian, and he wrote this in the early 70s. And at that time, he said every revival, every revival since the Welsh revival to that time that he was writing that could be traced back to its roots in Wales. Some of you may know who Louis Pallall was, or he is. He's in heaven now. Went to heaven six months ago, a year ago, something like that. He was part of what God did in Wales through a man, not Evan Roberts, but another man who was a little kid during the revival, and he went to Argentina. And this guy guy gets saved there. And it takes revival back to backslid wells in the 1980s. The generational generosity of God is more than we can think or imagine. Praise God. That's where your prayer comes in, front row over here. (laughs) I got that prayer knowing over there, praise God. And some of you out here do too, quite a few of you. From the front to the back, as a matter of fact. Hallelujah ah uh, glory and then he also said in verse 14 you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it greater works jesus is praying for us does jesus get his prayers answered hmm have you ever thought about the one the psalm that talks about Jesus getting his inheritance. It's the heathen. It's his inheritance. You and I, it's inheritance. And we can have an inheritance with the people that we disciple and lead to the Lord. Maybe all we do is plant a seed. That's good. Because it takes seeds to have trees. I'm wrapping it up. Questions? Will you pray? Will you pray in the Spirit? What happened on the day of Pentecost? They prayed and were in one mind, one accord. See, God is bringing us together for this nuclear prayer to come together that can cover the whole world. First century Christians, first Pentecostal day Christians went out into the streets. God is still a street preacher. <laughs> Isn't that right, Sarge? He still wants none to perish. He still wants all to be saved. He still wants all to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the heart of God. And you are a minister of reconciliation. You are an ambassador for Christ Jesus. You are the light of this world. You are the salt of this earth. Well, we, you say, okay, well, what do we do? Well, we've got new methods these days. Same gospel, it hasn't changed a bit, regardless of what progressive Christians try to say. What are our new methods? All kinds of things. What does the Holy Spirit give you? Evangelistic worship? Relational evangelism? By all means, after discipleship, He wants all to become saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Okay? Because that's what maintains us and continues to grow us for our earthly time here There's a lot of people when they get to heaven, they're going to have to go through pre-K because all they did was get saved. And there's some, like Pastor Kelly, got to be preaching master's degrees up there. Okay? Yeah. Amen. Next week, part two will show us why this is especially important today. It's a great application for you and your individual life. So I really believe that it would be great if you brought somebody with you next week that needs to hear how to stand up in these times of adversity. I believe it will encourage you and strengthen you. And you'll be Supergirl and Superman and all the other words that have super on them. And you won't be a cartoon. You're going to be a heaven-walking, tongue-talking son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for everything you're doing in the hearts and lives of the people of church tomorrow. And we thank you, Lord God, that you've connected with us to show us generationally your plan a little better, a little clearer, a little more precise, that we connect with those who've come before us and we establish the streets for those who come after us. And even in the revival in the Bible about Josiah, the young boy king, how revival broke out, so great that he had a prophetess, he had a scribe, he had all these adults help to mentor him from the age of eight on up. Father, we thank you that your plan is that we do connect. We ask you to connect with everyone that you would have us to meet, to talk to, to love on, to lead to Jesus, to disciple, just to give him a word of encouragement, to give him maybe to pray with him. Whatever that is, Father, let us recognize the hand of Holy Spirit when we have that hand showing us, the finger pointing to, to that person that needs it, the, the fact that we realize, yes, that person, I'm supposed to talk to them. Thank you, God, for living through us and doing your will as only you can. We are connected with you, and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for that. Now, with an attitude of prayer still in, you're here today in this room, or you're watching us on YouTube because it's been ordained of God. We want to make sure that you're sure that without a shadow of doubt, you know that you're a born-again Christian, that your sins have been forgiven that you've joined the family of God, that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And whether you need to have that renewed in there, you need to make a, a decision about, yeah, I've, I've kind of fallen back here and there, and I want to go forward with God. Or maybe you've never made that before. Well, today's your day. This is the most important decision any of us ever face, and too many people do say they're not sure or they think they're going to heaven or whatever the case may be. Well, this life starts in this, this life. <laughs> this life of Jesus starts in this life that we have today, and it carries on through through eternity. You can accept him. We encourage you to do that. We want to pray a prayer, and if you need to pray that prayer, because you're not where you need to be with the Lord or because you've never actually joined hands with Jesus, never made him the boss of your life. You've been your own boss. If that's you today, we want to pray with you. And I'm going to say a prayer. That prayer has no magic or anything in it, but the prayer is just a way to help lead you through the opportunity to put your trust in Jesus and to confess that. The Bible tells us that we need to believe in our heart and we need to confess with our mouth the lordship of Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead for us, and that's what Christianity is based on. This new life can be yours today. It costs you no money, but it costs you your life. You give it to Jesus and let him rule it. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. So I'm going to ask everybody as I say these words to repeat them, and this congregation is going to repeat those words, and some people may be saying it for the first time, and some people may, you know, using uh, this time of reverence with the Lord to be able to refresh their relationship with him. So let us pray. Father, Father. in the name of Jesus, Jesus. I I come to you. I am sorry for my sins. I repent from them, I turn away from them, and I turn towards you. Devil, you have no place in my life. Father, I thank you for your mercy, which forgives me of all of my sins, all of the wrongdoings. And I thank you for your grace, which empowers me and gives me the ability to call upon the name of Jesus, Jesus. to put my trust and enablement in Jesus, and and to switch sides into your kingdom. I I am am yours. 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 You're mine. mine. And I believe everything everything. that you've told me me. in your word word. and by your spirit. spirit. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. I am a new creation. Somebody praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor
1: Kelly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for the word. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the word of God. Preach clearly, succinctly. Hallelujah. That we may all embrace it and understand it, process it, and then take it and bring change to the world because of it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is our week to uh, look over uh, missions. We do this about once a month. Uh, we do have missions, uh, outreaches. We we, minister, or we give financially to different uh, places around the world. One is Africa, one is in Pakistan, and then there's another in, in India. When I say one, it could be more than one, but we give to those countries. Uh, this uh, month is going to deal with India. Everyone say India. And uh, with India, we have two specific ones that we work with. Uh, Both of them are Easter Doss. Everyone say Easter Doss. Uh, One is Blessing and the other is um, going to be Anointing. Aren't those incredible names? And some of their kids' names are just amazing. One of them is Precious. (laughs) I'm just like, whoa! (laughs) But um, Blessing and, and Anointing, both of them. Uh, have a, a vein of ministry that they work with. One is with children, uh, and I believe orphanages, right? And the other deals with um, uh, pastors and just ministering to pastors, raising up pastors uh, in India. And uh, I was, had the privilege of um, meeting Blessing several years ago when he was here in Oklahoma. Such a hunger for God. God. Such a deep hunger for anything and everything having to do with him. And when he uh, came to our church, uh, he found we had two services. He went to both services. He wanted to make sure because he wanted to get everything he could. Hallelujah. Uh, India deals, uh, has always dealt with struggles economically in several other areas. We know that most of India is um, very hindu but there are other uh, uh, religions that are found in that country as well. And there is some Christianity at work. And we praise God for hungry people. They can only have their heart filled only with Jesus. And that will satisfy that hole that's in the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And there are many Indians that are coming to the salvation of Christ Jesus Um The ministries that we uh, connect with, as I said, they help pastors and they help children uh, through the orphanages. So if you have a desire to um, do this financially uh, on our car, the envelopes that we have in the back, there is a section for missions if you wish to give in that way. Or you can go online, and when you go online to our website, and you will see under giving there'll be a section that will give missions. So if you want to give in that way as well, you may. So I wanted to just share with those uh, of you who might be interested. But at the very least, pray. Pray for the missions uh, that take place in each of those places. And also, just as a side note, we talked of Afghanistan a few months ago, and their, their prime minister was just ousted. Okay, and so it's created a lot of turmoil in uh, Afghanistan, or pardon me, in Pakistan, and so we want to be praying for our uh, the the people that we give to financially, so that uh, they will be able to still promote the the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say that is so important. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, when it talks about giving, you can give, okay, do give of your tithes and your offerings as well, not just to, you know, missions, uh, or there might be things going on around you here locally that you might want to give to. Uh, but also give to the church, give to the Lord. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, Pastor Dan referred to it Okay, when he talked about seed for sowing. Okay? And uh, now he who provides seed for the sower, bread for food, who does that for you? I, again, I, resp- I ask that you respond. Who is, the, who is the one who gives you these things? The Lord himself. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, that's the Lord, will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. So I encourage you to give to the Lord through the local church. Give your tithes and your offerings. We do give uh, several ways. Again, through the envelope located there in the back. We also give uh, by texting and then also online giving. And so uh, just go forth And take that step of faith, okay? And give. Look at your neighbor and say, giving is good. Okay? I've had some hard times before, and I've had, you know, great times. But I found out when I give, when I give, I can can always expect more to come back in return. It just does. (laughs) Don't ask me how. And I'm a math teacher at school. And I have many a time trying to figure out how I can make this budget work when I tithe and do offerings. Every time it works. (laughs) Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's important. Announcements. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Pastor Dan has done a couple of new ones recently. There's a couple that he did with me. So you want to make sure that you at least find out and listen to the ones that I did with him. Because... Uh, I'm just <laughs> like them make comments on them that's how a lot of ministries that's how a lot that's how a lot of people do life now okay and in and of itself it's not wrong okay it's what you put on there it's the content that you put on there and so go forth and learn more we are to be people who learn look at your neighbor and say we need to learn Okay, and so there, there's so many opportunities to learn. Hallelujah. And so uh, pull that out and, and see what God does in and through you. Uh, this Wednesday, week three of I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, this week is going to be Does God Exist? Divine Design. It starts at 645. Look at your neighbor and say 645 for some snacks. Oh, you didn't say the rest of it. 645 for some snacks. Yeah. See, I try and tell my kids when I want to get their attention, I, I, I do a few things and they start clapping or doing something. I, I usually do this: I clap, 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 and they're supposed to respond. Okay? And sometimes I, I do five of them instead of three of them. And they start clapping and then they don't realize how many I've done and then they don't know what to do. And so, 6:45 uh, for snacks. Okay? And then there's fellowship class, uh, or the, the actual teaching is at 7. OK, so Church of Tomorrow's library is open we're there in the back. There are quite a full, uh, quite a few more books available. So if you are interested in uh, uh, looking at getting a book from the library, connect with uh, Brad right there in the back and he will get you set up for uh, library time. You know, you remember when you were at school, you had library time. How many times about a week? Yeah, well, once a week, you know, we always had that once a week. Or the librarian came to our classroom, you know, with a little cart with some select books on it. It, It's still available right over there. Once a week, right there. Okay? Look at your neighbor and say, that's good stuff. Stand, please. Lift up your hands if you have the opportunity. Okay? Father, we thank you for what you have done in us This morning, we thank you for the worship experience from beginning to end. We thank you, Father God, that you have energized us, you have encouraged us, you have strengthened us. And Father, we will now go out, Father, from this place, Father, hallelujah, knowing that you work with us and through us, hallelujah, to bring life and liberty to those who are around us. We thank you for our purpose and plan on this life. And we thank you that it's done in and through Jesus Christ. And we praise you and thank you for the results in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Go in uh, uh, the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, there are going to be some of us up here to pray with you about whatever you need prayer for. Amen. Hallelujah.